This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Who are your Christian role models? Who are your Christian role models? Now, some of you have seen my Christ- one Christian role model that was very important to me. Uh, this was at Texas Chicken a couple of weeks back. I think some of you might remember. Uh, so he, he, he saw me there. He came over to say hi. Uh, and because, so he guided me from the, t- from the time that I was sec two until maybe 18 or 19. So I spent a lot of time, a lot of time with him. And because I spent so much time with him, I became more and more like him. So I could uh, play the guitar, play the bass guitar like him. Uh, I poured my life into youth ministry like him. I, I spent time learning how to teach the Bible just like he did. And more importantly, I learned to, te- to love Jesus just like he did. I'm not sure whether you have had this uh, privilege, but good role models can be, uh, can encourage us to love God more. Good role models are great for us to love Jesus more. And Paul thinks that good role models are important too. So he tells the church in this letter in Thessalonica about how he first preached the gospel to them. You see, after starting this church, uh, Paul left this new church because the Jews and gangsters were rioting and accusing them falsely to the government. So even though Paul left, but surprisingly, even though Paul left, the Thessalonian church, they, they thrived, they persevered. The persecution didn't stop them. They kept trusting Jesus. They kept loving each other. And they kept telling each other, they kept telling other people about Jesus. They had Paul as their role model. So earlier in chapter 1, uh, this is what Paul said. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So, and later on in chapter 2, so he said, this is what Paul says, For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of, the, of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. So Paul wants the, the, the Thessalonican church to keep doing that, to keep imitating good models to keep imitating models like him. So in this part of the letter, he wants to remind them about his work with them. He wants them to remember and to follow his example. So in this passage, you keep saying, uh, you remember, or you know, or you are witnesses. So we will see today, uh, what is Paul's example? What is, a Paul, what is Paul a role model of? And what does it mean for you and I today? So first, Let's look at how Paul is a role model of courage and faithfulness to God. That's the first point. So look with me at verse 2. This is how he starts the letter. So he says, We have previously suffered and had been out- treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. So before Paul reached Thessalonica, Paul and Silas were in Philippi uh, and telling people about Jesus. But when they were in Philippi telling people about Jesus, they were falsely accused. And they were thrown into prison. They were wrongly thrown into prison. And they were whipped. That's very shameful treatment. And after they were let out of prison, after they left Thessalonica, after they left Philippi, I mean, they could have taken a sabbatical to recover from the trauma. Or maybe you take an early retirement for the gospel work. Or just take the 
the easy life. They have suffered enough for Christ, haven't they? But it's, but this is their example. They went back into action. They went back into action telling people about Jesus in the next town in Thessalonica. And there they got persecuted yet again. How, so how did they have the courage to do this? Because God helped them. So let's look at the rest of verse 2. But with the help of our God, we dare to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. They needed God's help because the people in Thessalonica opposed them too. So Paul could only share the gospel with the people in Thessalonica because God enabled him, because God gave him courage. Paul's courage to keep sharing the gospel was proof that he was God's messenger. And the secret behind uh, this, this courage wasn't just a, a courage points level up by God. It wasn't just a magical uh, courage that God gave them. Oh no. You see, verse 3 tells us what, how he gets the courage. See, verse 3 starts with the word for. So it's going to tell us why is it he dared to share the gospel. So what, what is his secret? His secret is that he dares because he is faithful to God. Now, there are two ways to share the gospel, as Paul will show us. So there's the unfaithful way, and there's the faithful way. The unfaithful way and the faithful way. So verse 3 tells us about the unfaithful way. Okay, so what does verse 3 say? What is the unfaithful way? It says, For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. The wrong way, the unfaithful way could come in different forms. Maybe you could get the gospel wrong. Or maybe you could have impure motives like fame, uh, like for money. Or you could use wrong motives like tricking people to become Christians. Paul didn't use the unfaithful way. Because if the unfaithful way was his way, then Paul wouldn't have the courage to keep telling people about Jesus. The secret for Paul's courage is in verse 4. Let's look at verse 4 together. It says, We speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. So this is Paul's secret. Paul, God, God approved him to be entrusted with the gospel. So God, the creator of the universe, gave the go-ahead. He says, okay, Paul, you are entrusted with the gospel. And Paul has the courage because of the authority of the God who approved him. So let's think about this. Let's think about it this way. Uh, if let's say the CEO of Uniqlo uh, gave you the approval, right, to go to any Uniqlo store in Singapore and take whatever you want, well, you, you would dare to do it. You dare to do it because it's his shop, because he has the authority to say so. In the same way, we live in God's world. This authoritative God has told Paul to tell others about Jesus in his world, in the world that he has authority over. And that's why Paul has courage to be faithful, to tell people about Jesus in the faithful way. Faithfulness, uh, faithfulness to God in gospel work means sharing the gospel in a way that pleases God. It means sharing the gospel in, as, as someone approved by God. And in the next few verses, Paul shows us that faithfulness to God means saying no to being a people pleaser. Being no to a people pleaser. 
The Thessalonians know that Paul wasn't a people pleaser. They know that because he didn't flatter people. So the rest of verse 4 says, We are not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor do we put a mask to cover our greed. God is our witness. People pleasing, flattery, and greed, these three things go together. Let's think about it this way. Let's say if you want to please somebody, you want to please people, one way to do it is you flatter them. You tell them only the good stuff and leave out the bad stuff. You make a big deal of the good stuff. You make their head grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And once their head is big enough, you go for the kill. You make your request. Ask whatever you want and that person will give it to you. Now this, this is true in the world. This is how con men work. And this is very tempting for Christians. You see, some greedy people will say things or do things to make young Christians feel happy. They'll flatter young Christians so that they can get some benefits or maybe some job opportunities. But that's not Paul's example. Paul knows that God tests the hearts and calls God to be witness. So Paul must be faithful. You see, if Paul was greedy, if Paul used flattery to get rich or to look good, then God will strike Paul down. If you read the book of Acts, that's what God did with Ananias and Sapphira. God struck them down because they were greedy. They're greedy for fame, for reputation. So Paul is a role model of courage and faithfulness. And the Thessalonians, they need this courage because their own countrymen, their own people, they were persecuting them. Now, if, if they were persecuted, the natural reaction is to well, hang up their gospel boots and call it a day. Say, I've got, I have enough uh, for suffering for Jesus. But, the, but God has called them to tell others about Jesus. The creator of the world, the one who has authority over the world, has told the Thessalonians to share the gospel in his world. And they must rely on the courage that God gives. They must courageously continue to do faithful gospel work. Gospel work that is faithful to God, that, that is done honestly, that is done to please God. And they cannot do it in an unfaithful way and to trick people into becoming Christians. I read an article about a long-term missionary based in a poor country. So she worked for, for a long time in this country to know the people, to know the culture, to make friends so that she can tell others about Jesus. But from her work, well, very few people became Christians. Very few people wanted to listen to her. Another thing she does as a, as a missionary is that she hosts short-term teams that come in for a week or a few days to do some work in the villages. And to a surprise, some of these teams will report that some people in the villages, they, they became Christians in the short few days while they were doing their work. Now this was very encouraging, discouraging for the missionary. She thought, Oh, am I a failure? Did God call me? Do I, maybe I don't have the gifts. Maybe I shouldn't be a missionary. She felt very lousy. But later she realized that it's not her fault. You know why? Because the teams are tricking people to becoming Christians. So this, these teams, they come from the western uh, richer countries and they'll bring food and clothes to these poor villagers and they'll go to the village and say, you want food, you want clothes? I'll say, Yes, to become, become a Christian, believe in Jesus. So the, the villagers, many of the locals will say, 
Yes, I want to believe because you want the food and the clothes. These teams are not faithful to God. That is not Paul's model. Faithfulness to God is like the missionary who shares the gospel to please God, or even if it takes a long time, even if it seems that no one believes in Jesus. Now friends, uh, we all know that telling people about Jesus is difficult. Sometimes the, the people that we, t- we talk to, they ignore us. They say hurtful things about us. But friends, God is in control no matter what happens. So you can have courage to share people about share to share people about what Jesus has done for you. What you need to do is to be faithful. So we've seen how Paul is a role model of courage and faithfulness. Next, we'll see how Paul is a role model of love, a role model for, of love for the Thessalonians. So just as the Thessalonians remembered Paul's example of courage and faithfulness, Paul wants the Thessalonians to remember his example of love. You see, Paul loved the Thessalonians so deeply uh, when he was first with them. Out of his love for them, Paul didn't uh, labor for the Thessalonians' praise and glory. So let's start with verse 6. He says, We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Now Paul wasn't looking for uh, for praise from them. He didn't aim to for the apostles to say things like, well, Paul is the best theologian since Jesus. Or, I, I love going for Paul's Bible overview small group. Or, Paul is the best apostle. No. You see, Paul could have used all, all, all that praise to get people to listen to him as, as an apostle. You see, an apostle of Christ means that Paul was a messenger sent by Christ. And when you listen to the messenger, it's as if you're listening to the person who sent the message. It's as if you're listening to Christ himself. So whatever the apostle says is what Christ says. And Paul could have enforced this, ter- this authority, this apostle authority on the people. He could have looked at these new Christians and said, well, if you really love Jesus, then you would have evangelized to everyone in your contact list on your phone. If not, you're not, you're not a sufficiently good a Christian. Now, Paul might have done that, but Paul didn't. You see, verse 7 says that Paul didn't come with that heavy hand. No, he didn't. He came gently, like a mother. So let's, co- let's continue the, the account from verse 7. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. A nursing mother. Thankfully, we have two in our midst, so you can ask them a little bit more about how, what's the experience like. So how does the nursing mother care for her baby? A nursing mother cares so much that her whole lifestyle changes. She has to make sure the baby has enough to eat, has enough sleep, has diapers changed. A nursing mother sacrifices sleep and diet for her baby. A nursing mother has to stop cafe hopping just to, to care for the baby. That's the deep love and care that, God ha- that Paul has for the people. And verse 8 says, Paul showed love and care for his people by, or not by, 
not by being a being an actual nursing mother, but by sharing the gospel and sharing their lives. So let's look at these two things. So how is sharing the gospel loving? Paul loved the Thessalonians so much that he wanted them uh, to be saved. That's why he shared the gospel with them. Sharing the gospel is love. Sharing the gospel is love. If Paul loved the Thessalonians while they're still non-Christians, yet never, ever told them about Jesus, then Paul's love isn't enough. So that's what Paul did. Paul lovingly gave them Jesus, showed them the way to be saved. But that's not all. Paul shared his life. He didn't just say, just didn't just tell them about Jesus, but how to be saved, just believe, and then walk off. No, Paul shared his life with them. Your friends, with our, with our, with our friends, we might share our favorite books. Or if they're not so good friends, we just tell them, okay, this is a good book, you go and buy it yourself. Or with our very good friends, we might share our more important possessions. Maybe your fancy bicycle, or your new phone, or your car. And if that person is your spouse, you have to share everything. So what you share sometimes tells you how much you love that person. For Paul, Paul's limit, Paul's sharing limit is his life, his whole life. That's generous. It's very generous. Paul's generous and Paul's generous sharing was costly for him. You see, Paul wasn't some rich tycoon that had lots of money and lots of goods to share with other people. Paul had to work very hard for himself and to share with them. Let's look at how hard he works from verse 9. Surely remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. Paul worked very, very hard. He called, he called this toil and hardship. And he worked long hours, night and day. And this is, this is, this doesn't look good for Paul at all. You see, in Paul's day, uh, people judged how effective you were as a teacher by how much you could earn by public speaking. So if you, if you did public teaching like Paul, they expect you to earn lots of money from doing that. So the more money you earn from it, the more successful you were. But if you didn't earn enough, if you had to resort to manual labor, if you had to resort to tent making like Paul, then you are a failure. You are not a good teacher. You're not earning enough. That's what people thought about Paul. But Paul wasn't bothered about what people said about him. You see, he worked hard because he, did, he didn't want the Thessalonians to pay him as he shared with them the gospel. So that the Thessalonians didn't have to support him financially. And so that, as we saw earlier, so that he, have, he can share his life and his possessions with the Thessalonians. So he's like, you don't have to share with me. I'm working so I can have enough for myself so that I can share with you. Friends, Paul worked very hard so that he could be gentle with them, so that he could love them, so he wouldn't be a burden to them. He worked so hard so that he could share his life and his gospel uh, with the Thessalonians. And the Thessalonians, they need to look at Paul 
remember his example and learn from his role model of love. You see, friends, love isn't just being nice to someone else. Love is more than this feeling in my heart. For Paul, love is telling someone about Jesus. Love is spending time, investing your time with that person. So if you don't share the gospel, you don't love enough. If you don't share your life, you don't love enough. So love means sharing the gospel and sharing your life. So when we share the gospel, we take time off our schedules to meet up with people, to talk to them, uh, to be concerned about what concerns them, and to share the gospel. I read, book, I read about this church that ran a playgroup for young children and their moms on weekdays. Okay, so a playgroup looks like this, in case you don't know. Lots of bubbles, and lots of fun, lots of kids. This is a, a group uh, for kids to meet other kids and to play together. And uh, lots of moms and kids came from outside the, outside the church to come for this playgroup run by a church on a weekday. So this was great for everyone, right? The moms could take a break and talk to other moms, and the kids could meet other kids and play with each other. But this meant that the church uh, needed to make space for this to happen. And because this program was so successful, so many people were joining them, so, so uh, they had to have more members sacrifice their time to volunteer, to meet, uh, to play with the kids, and to talk to the parents. And that's what the church did. The church members uh, showed love uh, by, by spending their time to volunteer at this group. They took care of the kids, they spent time talking to the parents, and because they did that, uh, more families got to know Christians, and more families got to find out a little bit more about Jesus. For you, your love might mean something else. Your love might mean, during lunchtime, uh, with your colleagues or of your classmates, you put your phone, you put Facebook away. You'll talk to them, you'll be concerned for them. Find out what, what is on your minds and try to bring the conversation to Jesus. Love is sharing the gospel and sharing your life. So we saw today that Paul is a role model of courage and faithfulness to God and Paul is a role model of love to others. The third thing we'll see is Paul is a role model of integrity. Paul is a role model of integrity. Now, integrity means that Paul's character and Paul's message, they are the same. So when Paul is telling the Thessalonians to do something, he, is already, he himself is already doing it. So in verse 10, he, he, he asks the Thessalonians to remember his character when he was with them. So what does verse 10 say? You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. The Thessalonians and God are witnesses. They are witnesses to Paul's character. So Paul says he was holy, righteous, and blameless. There's just three different ways of telling us, of telling the Thessalonians, of how upright he is, of how Paul was living as, with God as his king. Paul's upright life gave some credibility to himself as a messenger. 
So just as they are witnesses to his character, to his upright life, the Thessalonians were also also witnessed how God dealt, or how Paul dealt with them as a father. Now, as a in the Bible, fathers must teach children about God, and they must discipline their children. And to some to some parents today, or discipline sounds like a bad word. But the people in those days, fathers discipline their children for good. So Paul behaved uh, like uh, like a father to the Thessalonians. He taught them about God, and he persuaded them. He charged them. He insisted to them. He did all that that they must live lives worthy of God, who calls them into His kingdom and glory. Paul urged the Thessalonians to live with God as their king, to live as people of God's kingdom, to listen. To God. The Thessalonians, they must follow Paul's example. They must live upright lives so that they have integrity, their lives have the integrity when they tell, when they urge the young Christians to live with God as their king. So Thessalonians, they, they, they too must have integrity between their life and their message. Integrity is important. Integrity can add credibility to the messenger. Integrity can help people listen to you. But a life with no integrity, that causes people to not listen to whatever the messenger wants to say. Even if the message is a great message, even if the message could save them. So I'm coming to the end of my three-year internship with our church. And during these three years, I, I read this book on the history of Christianity in Singapore. Okay, unfortunately, it stops at 2002 uh, because the writer is the, the writer is quite old, so he can't write another edition to update us. Okay, so what, one of the things that he said is Christianity came to Singapore uh, in the 1900s. It came through British sailors and traders who brought Christianity to Singapore. But this is the this, but here's the bad news. Some of these some of these sailors and traders, they were bad examples of Christians. They got drunk, they gambled, they slept around. So that's why the, the few of the original people in Singapore, the few of them wanted to consider Christianity. Because they look at the Christians and they, and they say, oh, they were better, better people compared to the Christians. They thought where they were, they were better off compared to the Christians. They felt they were better off without Jesus. And because of that, few of them become, became Christians. So friends, you must walk the talk. If you say that you follow Jesus, then in your life, follow Jesus. Otherwise, someone else will look at, will look at your life and will be hindered, will, not, will be hindered from hearing the message, hindered from trusting in Jesus. So what has this passage got to do with us? If you have, if you don't consider Jesus to be your king, this passage, me, this passage means for you this, that you must listen to such a messenger. You must listen to a messenger who's, who's a role model of courage and faithfulness, whose life shows you love by sharing the gospel, by loving you with, with their lives. You must listen to a person who's, who has integrity between his life and his message. That is the kind of messenger that you must listen to. 
And for the rest of us, if Jesus is your king, then you must listen to your marching orders. So this is from a passage we, we learned a few weeks ago. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We are to make disciples. So the wrong way to think is that you are exempt from this. But you are not. Jesus has commanded all of us, followers of Jesus, to tell other people about him. And the First Thessalonians passage reminds us to learn from Paul's example in gospel work. Of how he was courageous because he wanted to be faithful to God. Of how he loved people, loved people so much that he wanted to share the message, wanted to share his life with them. Of how he had integrity between his life and his message. So the question for us is, are you following Paul's role model? Are you following Paul's example? Or perhaps you're finding it difficult to tell someone about Jesus. Someone helpfully broke up the process of evangelism into two parts. So this, this is the, two, the first two E's that, we'll be, that we are looking at. So the first one is engaging, and the second one is evangelism. So before you can tell someone about Jesus, you need to engage that person. You need to get to know that person, be a genuine friend. And then you think about how can you bring that person a little bit closer to thinking about Jesus. So we can learn from Paul's example not to have impure motives. So not to, not to, have, not to think about have, what kind of benefit I can get if I get this person to follow Jesus. Not for lust, not for greed, not for fame, not for people to say that, wow, such, you're such a great evangelist. No, we're we're doing all that just to please God. So maybe take well small steps to doing that. Maybe start talking about how your faith in God is relevant to life. So maybe you can talk about how your faith in God is applicable to well, this part of your life or that part of your life. And maybe let me just give you a suggestion. You can follow this set of discussion cards. It's free on App Store. It's called Table Talk. Yeah, so this is a, it's a list of cards that get people to talk about life. And there are some questions that if, if you get, if you get the card, you get to talk a little bit about Jesus. So like, like this card, what's the best gift you received this Christmas? Or maybe another simple thing you could do is, uh, in addition to this, is that you could, uh, talk to your, you could ask your friend, how can I pray for you this week? So that's the first thing, engaging, helping, engaging your friend to start the conversation about Jesus. And next thing, and if let's say the person is interested to find a little bit more about Jesus, then you can go on to the next, the next step. That is evangelism. So evangelism is where we tell someone about Jesus, hoping to persuade them to become Christians. So when we tell someone about Jesus, how we do it matters. We cannot do it with wrong methods like trickery. Instead, we must do it with love. We must do it in faithfulness. It's very tempting, right, to oversell Christianity, or leave out all the bad stuff, and overstate the good stuff, or leave out the bad stuff about or hell and sin. Maybe your friends, you know, they're not ready to hear that. And overstate, overpromise what Jesus has, Jesus has said. Oh, you need a, need a boyfriend? Oh, Jesus will give it to you. You need a job, you need an internship? Oh, Jesus will give it to you. 
Just believe. Or maybe this way seems more effective, right? You're meeting a felt need. Maybe your friend will end up believing. But if you do that, then your friend might be believing in your fake Jesus. Not the Jesus of the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that we should go the other way. We should overemphasize hell and sin and scare our friends into heaven. No. But what I'm saying is that we should speak, faithfully speak to please God. Be faithful to the message. So in the message, where the bad stuff comes up, talk about it. Where, where the Bible talks about having peace with God, talk about it. And there are many ways, there are many, many helpful ways that we can be faithful in telling people about Jesus. So there are methods like two ways to live, or just looking, or just for, uh, just for starters. But one, one way, one helpful way to, to tell your friends about Jesus is to uh, go through one of the gospel accounts with your friend. Or maybe start with Matthew, since we just did Matthew uh, in our service. Another thing we should, we should do as a community is that we should be creative and think about ways that we can support each other, we can work together to engage and to evangelize. Or perhaps over dinner or during the week, where we can talk about how we've been trying to tell someone about Jesus and the difficulties you have, the challenges you have, and pray for each other. So let's help each other follow Paul's example in evangelism. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many things that we that your word has as for us today. Please help us to think hard about evangelism and we pray that we will be faithful, loving, and we have integrity as we seek to obey you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at busypc.sg.